Um, but anyway, like this cocktail is familiar to us, right? It's just like if only I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like then I'd be satisfied. Um, so that's that's the first direction the world just pushes us. The second thing uh, the world tells us about being single is actually quite the opposite. Um, how often have you heard it said like, oh, you're a strong, independent man or you're a strong, independent woman, like you don't need a boyfriend or girlfriend to make you happy? Or how often have you been told, just focus on your schooling or just focus on your job, um, then you'll be fulfilled in life? The point I'm trying to make here uh, is that the world tells us to swing in one extreme or the other. Either it says that you must have a relationship to be happy, or you must convince yourself that you're a strong, independent, capable person capable of doing everything on your own. You don't need anyone else. And some of these things are true. Um, as we've been learning from Michael and Melissa, like God created us to be relational beings. He created us to like create intimacy. Um, and we are, he did create us to be strong, uh, independent people who are capable of overcoming a lot of things in life. And that's awesome. And like we should thank him for those things every day. So what then is the problem? The problem with these world views of singleness is that they tell us to put our identity in something so fragile. So that by that I mean um, that in the first worldview, we are told to base our identity and our self-worth on something that another person is controlling. And in the second worldview, we are told to place our identity and self-worth in something that we think we can control. Um, our jobs, our ability to travel, good grades. But what happens when these things fail? What happens when you fail a class or get laid off of your job? What happens when you finally meet the person like you've been dreaming about dating or like you marry them? And then you realize that they're just another sinful person like you. What happens when you have conflict and challenges in your marriage? Um, because that will happen. Life doesn't just like magically get easy when you get married. Um, I guarantee you, like, if you ask any married person in here if they have had conflict and challenges in their marriage, they will tell you yes.
So God is not in any way, shape, or form agreeing with our culture's idea that we must find a relationship to be happy. In fact, the first says exactly the opposite. It says like it's good to be single. Um, and I put this out not because I like want to scare you into thinking that God's gonna like call all of us to be single for the rest of our lives. Um, because that's not true. Um, we've already learned like God has a very high value, um, or puts a very high value on relationships, and He's created us for that. But I point this out because I want you to realize that God has a very high view of singleness. I think it's often easy for us as single people to think that um, we're just waiting around until like we find a person to be able to start our lives. I think it's easy for us to get jealous of people who are in relationships and people who are getting married because they can quote-unquote start their life. Like we see them start dating, they're getting engaged, they're buying a house, they're getting a dog, and having children. They're like starting their lives, and it's easy to be jealous of that. Um, I think sometimes we even do it with, with missions. Um, I've heard people say before, like, I can't be a missionary, or I can't give a year, because I don't have a spouse to do it with me, and that would be hard and scary. But this idea that we must wait to start our lives until we are married is just not found in the Bible. Instead, we see that God has a high view of singleness, and God wants us to live our lives fully now. Um, so in this verse, Paul's actually saying that it's good to be single. And um, being single gives us the ability to serve God in ways that we cannot if we were dating or married. So really, the blessing um, that we are able to be single, at least for a season, um, and we can serve God in ways that we couldn't otherwise. I would also add that if it is your desire um, to be married one day, um, that you can start preparing for that now. You don't have to wait until you're in a relationship to start preparing um, for dating or marriage. Uh, start doing things that will form like marriageable habits now. Um, spend time with God uh, daily. Learn to forgive people. Learn to serve. Learn to keep commitments. Um, all of these things are valuable for marriage, and you can practice them now, and they'll benefit your life really well now, too. So that's how God views single people, not as second-class citizens, but as people who are fully empowered to serve him and who can live life fully now. All right, so now we're going to look at our second passage for tonight. So if you'll turn with me to 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, uh, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So I think you guys that honestly this is like one of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible for us as Christians. And that is because it tells us exactly how God views us, how we should view ourselves, and what our identity is. So the world tells us to base our identity on fragile things, um, like relationships or our jobs, things that we can control or that other people control. But in this passage, we see that God tells us not to base our identity and self-worth on these things, but to base it on something that only he controls and only he has given us. 
And like, how much better is it to root ourselves in something that God has given us than on something that someone else is controlling or that we're trying to control? Because I don't know about you guys, but like, I mess up all the time. So I'd way rather have like God, who is like the creator and like loves us and died for us and is all powerful and in control. Like, I'd rather have Him be the one that I'm relying on than myself. So, as a single person or a dating person or a married person, um, that is where we have our temptation. It is in Christ. Um, sorry, this is this is Christ who has made us to be, and um, there's a lot of hope in that. Um, so I want to break this passage down a little bit in our remaining time. Um, first, it says that we are a chosen people. So here, Peter is saying that as Christians, we have a new identity. We were picked by God, and God chose us. God wants us as part of His family. How cool is that? Um, so no matter like, what life stage we are in, we don't have to worry about being left out or not chosen by anyone. We don't have to worry about someone not wanting to date us, or we don't have to worry about not getting hired for the job, because we've already been picked by God, the one who matters the most. God wants us, and he's asked us to join his family in his greatest Next it says, um, basically what we were chosen for. Um, so we're chosen to become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people of God's own possession. So when I first read this, I was like, what in the world is a royal priesthood? Like, I don't know. When I picture a priest, I think of someone in like fancy robes or like a big hat, maybe. Um, <laughs> like really, you know, that's what comes to mind. Um, and it's really hard for me to identify with that image. But this phrase, this idea of a royal priesthood is actually so cool and has so much meaning. Um, in the context that this was written, priests were the ones who could enter into God's presence. So this normal, simple people couldn't enter into God's presence. Only priests could. And it was their job um, to continually serve in his presence. So for us today, this means that we now have that ability. We now have the ability to serve in God's presence and be with God and have direct access to him. We don't have to like stand back or be intimidated. Like We can go and freely interact with him. So he's chosen us to be part of his royal priesthood, and he has given us the job of serving in his presence. And then lastly, in verse 10, it explains how all this is possible. It explains how it's possible that we can go and be in his presence. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So God has allowed us into his presence because he's extended his mercy to us. That means that we're not allowed into his presence because of something we have done or something we have earned or become. It means that he's allowed us into his presence because he sees us just as we are. He sees us in like whatever situation we're in, whether we're single or married or dating or lonely or happy or angry or sad or uh, sensual or joyful, like whatever our situation is right now, God sees that, and he extends his mercy to us. And, like, how freeing is that, you guys? We don't have to live up to anything. God has already forgiven us. He's already extended us uh, that mercy. So this is our identity. We are chosen, we are priests, and we have received mercy. So this is how God sees us, and it's how we should see ourselves. It's the foundation off of which we should build our whole lives.
And this solid identity is not an identity that will change or fall apart due to circumstances or anything that we do. So you guys, what does this mean for us as single people? I think that for those of us who are single in this room, or for that matter, for those of us who are not single in this room, um, this is like the greatest news ever. We do not have to try to put our identity or our worth in something fragile anymore. We don't have to believe the lies that the world tells us that we must have a boyfriend or girlfriend to be happy. Um, we don't have to like try to get like the perfect job or the perfect grades or make the most money. Because we know that we are secure in Jesus, and that is where we find our joy. We can rest in the knowledge that Jesus has chosen us, made us priests, and given us mercy. And this knowledge is the source of our joy and our hope, so that when things are hard, when we fail at fast, or lose the job, or don't get the job, when we remain single for longer than is our desire, when we break up with our boyfriend or girlfriend, or are hurt by our spouse, we can still say with confidence, that it's going to be okay because our trust is not in those things. Mm -hmm. It's in God. <coughs> and because our trust is in the Lord, that is where we can find our contentment. Now, I'm not saying that this is always going to be easy. Um, there are plenty of times when I'm single that like, I cried before the Lord because I wanted to be in a relationship so bad. But I am saying that we can have peace that ultimately God is in control and God has good plans for us. Um, I go ahead and have the worship team come up. So tonight, my question for you is this. Where are you putting your identity? Is it in something that can fail? Is it in your career, your grade, your significant other? So where is your identity? Is it in one of these things? Or is it in Jesus and the freedom from sin that you have in him? You guys, please pray with me. So, Jesus, um, God, I am just so thankful um, for everything that you have done for us, God. I'm so thankful that you have extended mercy to us, God, and that um, wherever we are right now, whatever we're struggling with right now, Lord Jesus, um, that you see that and you see us just as, you, as we are, um, and you've extended that mercy to us, God. So, thank you that we can boldly approach you um, and share our hearts. So Lord, um, please bless us in the service. Amen. Amen. Amen.